When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. WWE was in Montreal on Friday for SmackDown. Tonight, they were in Toronto. Over 14,000 fans, the biggest Raw crowd of the year. And they were treated to a very good episode of Monday Night Raw. A rare episode where hour number three was the best hour of the entire show. Usually things go downhill in the third hour. The numbers go downhill. You get to that third hour, man, it's really tiring. But we got to the third hour tonight. We got some of the best content on the entire show. Including the return of Johnny Wrestling. Yes, Johnny Gargano is back. I only wish they would have done this a few weeks ago when they were in Cleveland, his hometown. But you know what? It's a good thing they didn't wait any longer because Dynamite is in Cleveland this Wednesday. So there would have been nothing but rumors and talk about Johnny Gargano all day on Wednesday had they waited. Uh, So at least we uh, were spared all the rumors over the next 48 hours. But it was very good to see him back on TV. Probably the worst kept secret, just because I think when Triple H took over, anybody with a brain could have realized that Johnny Gargano was not going to AEW. He was going to come back to WWE because now it is safe. He has found a safe haven in WWE. Remember what Titus O'Neil said when he opened up Raw and Tampa all those weeks ago? WWE is a safe haven. And we all laughed at him like, what a ridiculous thing to have him say. Well, WWE now is a safe haven for Johnny Gargano because Triple H is running the show. And Triple H built an entire brand around Johnny Gargano, him and Champa. If you would have said to me, what happens if Champa and Gargano get called up to the main roster? Ask me that question three months ago, six months ago. I would have said, that's it. It's over. It's over, especially for Gargano. There's no way Johnny Gargano would have found success on the main roster under Vince McMahon. But now it's a whole new world. Under Triple H, these guys, sky's the limit. So it made no sense for Johnny to go anywhere else but WWE. And he got a very good reaction. He seemed genuinely happy to be on television tonight. And I think a lot of what he talked about in his promo on this show, when he talked about having aspirations of being the Intercontinental in the U.S. and the world champion and being at WrestleMania, he meant all of those things. Those are all things I think that he wants to cross off his bucket list. Now he is going to have the chance to do that. We will talk about what happened, what they had him doing, who came out during his promo. We'll talk about all that. But we also had the hometown returns tonight for two WWE Hall of Famers. We had Trish Stratus making an appearance on the show. Always good to see Trish on TV. And of course, Edge making his return in the main event tonight. You know, all night long they kept saying, oh, Edge back in Toronto, back in the ring for the first time in 10 years. Now, maybe they were talking about it as far as him making an appearance. But Because I just kept thinking 10 years ago, he was already retired. It's been about 12 years, I think, since we've seen him in Toronto in the ring on TV. So it had been a very long time. And he closed out the show tonight in the main event 
against Damian Priest. We got a cameo from Beth Phoenix. We had a little face-off at the end with Beth Phoenix and Rhea Ripley, which the crowd was very much into. Dexter Loomis was on the show tonight. He abducted The Miz. What he's doing with The Miz right now, who knows? Who cares? But we should all be thanking Dexter Loomis. He took The Miz away from us. Thank you, Dexter. And the women's tag team titles are cursed. You already knew that if you've heard me talk about these titles. These titles were cursed. These titles should have been burned in a bonfire a long time ago. But it has been one problem after another. Nikita Lyons, Zoe Stark, out of the tournament last week on SmackDown. Supposedly Zoe suffered an injury, so they got knocked out of the tournament. They were replaced by Toxic Attraction. Now we find out that Gigi Dolan was injured. Toxic Attraction, who advanced on Friday, out of the tournament. And we're going to have a second chance Fatal 4 away. We're actually going to have two tournament matches on SmackDown this week. Because the finals are next Monday. They're doing the finals five days before Clash at the Castle. We're going to have new tag team champions next week. This tournament cannot be over soon enough. These titles are cursed. Maybe Danhausen did something. So a lot to get into. We'll break down this entire show. This is your Monday Night Raw review for Monday, August 22nd, 2022. I am the Solomon Monster. I do want to show something very cool. This is this is the feel-good story of the week, and it involves a member of the Soundoff family, a member of the Soundoff community, and a very important member of the Soundoff community. And I'll tell you why here in a second, but take a look at this. This is a collection of images from the WWE live event last night. They've been going through Canada all week long. They were in London, Ontario last night. And our very own Steve Mello, who is our graphics guru here on the channel and a good friend of mine, he puts together and assists with all the graphics, all the thumbnails that you see. Steve took his his boys to their very first WWE live event, and he sent me a picture before he even went to the show of the sign that he was going to bring. And that is the sign on your screen that Kevin Owens is holding. Kevin Owens saw the sign that Steve made. He took it in the ring with him. And look at all the fun that KO and Trish Stratus were having at Austin Theory's expense, holding up the Kevin Owens for a prime minister sign. You know, if I was a Canadian resident, he'd have my vote. I would vote for Kevin Owens. But I I don't have the ability to do that. But I wanted to give a shout out to Steve. That was a very cool moment. And uh, I know his boys had a very good time last night. It's It's a fun experience. You know, your first time when you're a young kid like that, going to a WWE live event, your first wrestling show. And then your dad has his sign taken by Kevin Owens, posing with it in the ring. How cool is that? So anyway, yeah, congrats to Steve. That was very cool. I was very, uh, very happy for him when, uh, when he sent that to me. So I need you to do me a couple of things here before we move on. Of course, subscribe to the channel if you are new here. Hello. Uh, we passed 70,000 subs a number of weeks ago, and we're trying to climb each and every day. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Make sure that you have notifications on. Super Chats are open. You want to support the channel if you want to get your question asked or your comment. We'll be going through those a little bit later on. So make sure you get those Super Chats on in. And the goal for tonight, the likes goal for tonight is 600. 
We are going to do Be the Booker at the end of this stream. The only way we do Be the Booker is to get to at least 600 likes. I think we're over 200 already, and I haven't even started the review. That's a good sign. Help me get there. So hit that thumbs up. Let's get to 600 before we wrap up here tonight. So Monday Night Raw opened with the cameraman running to the back. I thought maybe he had to go to the bathroom. Maybe he had the runs. I I don't know what he ate before the show. So he's running to the back. And we see that at the gorilla position is Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle. And they're fighting. Officials, Adam Pearce shows up. And all producers are showing up. So they're trying to break these two up. Michael Hayes doesn't seem to be very bothered by any of this. Michael Hayes is, he's sitting in the background on a chair with his fanny pack. He just lounging back, enjoying himself. He's like, I'm not getting up. I'm too old for this shit. I'll let everybody else try to break these fuckers up. So I spotted him in the background. So they fought out into the arena. They fought into the crowd. Rollins retreated. Uh, back over the barricade to ringside. Riddle dove off the barricade. He took out Rollins and about four other people. And uh, they finally pulled them apart. And the show started. Then they did the pyro. Then they did the intros from the announcers. So, uh, you know, a, a quick frenetic pace here to the opening of the show. Out next was Toronto's own. We had a W. We had multiple Hall of Famers. Uh, in attendance on the show here tonight. But we had Toronto's own Trish Stratus. We live in Toronto. Yay! Shut up! Yeah, you know, all these Toronto people, they love to hear their name. They love it when you say the word Toronto, right? They get very excited when you say the name of the city. We live in Toronto. Yay! Shut up! So anyway, Trish comes out. She was looking great. Although really, let's be honest, when does she not look great? Trish Stratus looks uh, amazing. You know what I credit for that? She has her own yoga. You know, DDP has his. Trish Stratus has hers. So yoga does a body good. And uh, so Trish is out there, and she says she felt good to be home, not only in Toronto, but in between these ropes. And she said, you know, I was doing a lot of thinking lately. She was almost teasing that she was going to make some kind of announcement here. She says she's been doing a lot of thinking. But before she could say what she was thinking about, she was interrupted by Bailey's music. Bailey, Dakota Kai, EO Sky, they came to the ring as they cut to the first commercial of the night. They come back, and Bailey is already in the middle of her promo, and she is talking about how much she loves Trish Stratus, and everybody loves Trish, and they're huge fans. And EO sarcastically says that she's been her number one fan for a long time. But Bailey is wondering, she says, what are you even doing here? And Trish says, well, you know, there's a big main event. There's a big match on the show here tonight. In case you didn't know, with another uh, Toronto hometown hero, that being Edge. And she's here to support him and, and root him on. And Dakota says, we don't care what you have to say. Now they turn against her. EO says, I don't like you. None of them like Trish. This is our ring now. Trish is the past. We are the now. All of a sudden, Bianca Belair's music hits. Here comes the Raw Women's Champion down to the ring. She says, Bailey isn't even in the same stratosphere as Trish. She says, Trish walked so that they could run. 
Bianca said that she doesn't need to defend Stratus because she can defend herself, and Trish takes off her jacket. She said that she could go from, I am retired, to I was retired, very quickly, if Bailey gets out of line. And she didn't stop running her mouth. Bailey took her own jacket off, and she pointed out that Trish and Bianca, you're still outnumbered. There's three of us. There's only two of you. That brought out Alexa Bliss and Asuka, and Trish pointed out, well, now, by my count, we have four, and you have three. Bailey said Trish is lucky that she was feeling generous and she would let things slide here because they're in her hometown, and that was pretty much the entire segment. I I thought as far as uh, promo segments go, this uh, this was not one of the better ones. Now, I, I'm a Bailey fan. I like Bailey. I was actually complimenting her. I was very entertained when she was harassing Michael Cole when they showed up in the, the front row on SmackDown Friday night. She was yelling at Michael Cole and wouldn't shut up and clearly annoying him, and I thought it was great. But Bailey has, has been pretty underwhelming, I think, on the mic since she came back. There's just not a whole lot of substance or, or bite to what she's saying. Uh, and there really was none of that here in this promo either. But it was great to see Trish. I wouldn't mind her having one more match if she wanted to, although she had a she had a good send-off. I mean, think about it. The last time we saw Trish in the ring was a few years ago at SummerSlam against Charlotte. In fact, it was in this exact same building. It was in the Scotiabank Arena in her hometown of Toronto. She got to go out, and she lost, but she got to go out, had a, a very good match, considering that she hadn't been in the ring for many years. She had a very good match with Charlotte in her hometown. That would be a fine way to call it quits once and for all. That's funny. I think back to that SummerSlam. That was one of the only re- that was one of the only really good matches I think that I can remember from that SummerSlam in 2019. I don't want to say that it saved the show, but that was one of the better matches I remember from that pay per view. So, given that all the parties were already out, we had the women's tag team title tournament semifinal matchup. It was Asuka and Alexa Bliss taking on Dakota Kai and Io Sky. Asuka and Io, they were about to begin. They were going to start this match out together, but Io tagged out right away to Dakota. They showed Dana Brooke and Tamina watching on a backstage monitor, which is where they should be. Later in the match, they showed Aaliyah, who had a match later. Nikki Ash and Dewdrop, they also were watching backstage. Alexa Bliss uh, hit this great-looking double DDT on Dakota and Io. And Dakota sold this great. I thought the Dakota Kai sell on this DDT was fantastic. Bliss tagged in Asuka, who put Kai into submission hold before Io raced back into the ring. She broke it up. Alexa went up top. As she's going up top, she gets tagged by Asuka. She hit Twisted Bliss, but Kai got the knees up. Buried him right in Alexa's midsection. Asuka hit a series of strikes. Dakota ducked one and blasted Asuka with a forearm. Io blind tagged herself into the match while Asuka put Dakota Kai in the Asuka lock. Dakota tapped, but it didn't count because she wasn't the legal woman. And Asuka celebrated like she won until Io snuck in and rolled her up for the three count to advance to the finals. They gave these women a lot of time. They gave them almost 20, about 18, 19 minutes here. Almost 20 minutes they gave these uh, four. You would never know. 
that you had 14,000 people in the building because for the vast majority of this match, they were stone cold silent. This was like the antithesis of what we saw in Montreal on Friday as, as energetic and loud and passionate as those fans were, unless it just came across that way on TV. Sometimes that's what happens. You, you know, you find out afterwards, how were we on TV? And I tell people like, eh, you were kind of, you were kind of, you know, sounded kind of dead. And then the people will say, oh no, in the building, we were really loud. So it'll be interesting to see if I hear from some people who, because I know some people who are in the building, but it definitely didn't come across that way on TV, not during this match. Uh, I thought the finish was terrible. I thought the match itself was, it was okay, but I thought the finish of the match was terrible. I don't think that EO could have done a worse job of making that blind tag look blind. And it's important. It's not just a a spot that looked bad. It was the finish of the match. She was supposed to quietly, very discreetly tag herself in without Asuka knowing about it. But she did it in plain view of Asuka. And in turn, she made Asuka look like a dumbass because it was clear as day that she had tagged herself in. And Asuka still put Dakota in the submission hold, tapped her out, and then pretended like, oh, I won the match. So it wasn't a blind tag at all, and it made Asuka look like an idiot. So I thought the finish sucked. But let's put up the uh, the graphic right now. Here is where things stand as far as the tournament. These are the current updated brackets after tonight's show. EO Sky and Dakota Kai, they are in the finals. The finals will be in Pittsburgh, live on Raw next Monday. They will be facing either Raquel and Aaliyah or one of four other teams because, as I said, Toxic Attraction is out. Gigi Dolan suffered an injury. You know, now that I think about it, she was she was holding her neck on the apron during part of that match on Friday. So I I don't know if it's a neck injury. They didn't specify what kind of injury it is. But she is hurt. And so what they're doing is on SmackDown this Friday, we're having a second chance fatal four-way. And it's going to be Nikki and Dewdrop, Dana and Tamina, Xia and Shotzi, and Natty and Sonya. So Alexa and Asuka are out. They're They're not in this match. They're out. They want to get their revenge. They'll have to wait until Clash at the Castle. I look at that fatal four-way on Friday night. I think it's Natty and Sonya. My pick, I think it's going to be Natalia and Sonya Deville facing Raquel and Aaliyah later on that night. And I think it's Raquel and Aaliyah who go to the finals next week against EO and Dakota. Just because you want to have that baby face against heel uh, formula, I think, for that match. And they're the team looking at these uh, teams here that would make the most sense. I think at the end, it's gonna—it's not going to change the outcome. You know, Bailey's crew are going to win the women's tag team titles. And then Sasha Banks and Naomi are going to come back. And they're going to go after them and challenge for the women's tag team titles. But I think it's going to be Raquel and Aaliyah going to the finals and then they're going to lose. But what a fucking mess. I mean, what a mess. This has turned out to be, this this tournament is cursed. These titles are cursed. They never should have been brought back to begin with. But Triple H is going to, he's going to try to uh, revive these tag team titles and we'll see if he books them any differently. For all the positives that we have seen so far under Triple H, I am still very skeptical that there is going to be any kind of real change 
when it comes to these women's tag team titles. But we'll give him the, we'll give him the chance, right? He's still new to this. We'll give him the chance and we'll see what he comes up with. Dolph Ziggler was interviewed by Kevin Patrick in the back about facing Finn Balor tonight. Balor and Rhea Ripley showed up to interrupt. Balor said that Ziggler couldn't teach him anything, and Ziggler said, well, there was one thing I could teach you, and he dropped Balor with a right hand. Ziggler's music played, and he went to go into the arena, but he stopped. He turned around, and he looked at Finn sitting on the ground, and he said, are you going to stay down like a little bitch, or are you going to come out to the ring and fight me? Off to the ring went Dolph Ziggler for the very next match, which was Finn Balor one-on-one against Dolph Ziggler. Now, we saw Ziggler last week. He had a long match in the main event against Austin Theory. Theory won, so he put the kid over. This week, it was Dolph doing the honors for Finn Balor, but again, going out there and having a long, what ended up being very good match here on the show. So they have found a role for Dolph Ziggler on the show. His job is to put other people over and go out there and eat up TV time and have a very good television match. That is the best use right now of Dolph Ziggler. And I talked about the reaction in the women's tag team tournament match and how quiet the crowd was. Nobody seemed to give a shit. Kind of that way here at the beginning. But by the time this was over, these two, they won the crowd over. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Balor stuffed a super kick attempt, but then Ziggler avoided the 1916. He hit him with a famous surf for a near fall. Balor came back. He went for the coup de grace, but Ziggler avoided it, and he dropped him with a zigzag for an even better near fall. This is where everybody kind of came up out of their seats and thought he might have had it won. Ziggler dropped Balor with a headbutt, and then he backed up closer to the ropes, and he started setting up for a super kick. And as he's setting up for this super kick, he made it a little too obvious. And just the way the camera just had a perfect view of his face. And he made it a little too obvious that he was waiting for Rhea Ripley to climb up on the apron and just pop him right in the face. And that's exactly what happened. Rhea climbed up on the apron. She punched him. The gum went flying out of his mouth. Referee didn't see it. Balor hit the 1916. He went up top. He hit the double foot stomp. And he got the pin. So... Another Judgment Day uh, win that you can credit to the real leader of the group, which is Rhea Ripley. If you're wondering, well, since Edge got kicked out, who's the leader? Right, Finn Balor, I guess. Finn Balor is the leader of the Judgment Day. No, he's not. Damian Priest, he's now the longest tenured member. He's the leader of the Judgment Day. No, he's not. The leader of the Judgment Day is Rhea Ripley. She's the one who has created the greatest amount of success for this group. She has been the dominant member of this group. She's dominated Dominic. I don't know what happened to him. She put this fucking kid in a coma. (laughs) I don't know where he's been. Rhea Ripley is the real leader of the Judgment Day. Plain and simple. So they still had another match yet to come. Priest was going to be in the main event later on against Edge. This was the second long match of the night so far. 
This was the second match of the night so far. But they went almost uh, 15 minutes. I thought this was really good stuff, uh, save for the Dolph spot at the end. And, and so kind of similar to the opening match, where the finish was kind of ruined by, you know, what we saw in this case. It was just he telegraphed it way too much. He was waiting. He was kind of looking. And it just, even on the replay, they tried to show it from a different angle that didn't make it look as bad. Because even they knew that we can't show this angle. So they replayed it at a different angle. Uh, But besides that, though, I thought this turned into a very good match. And don't forget, we have people still filing on in. The goal tonight for likes here on the stream is 600. That's the magic number. We are over 450, so we're getting close, but we're not there yet. So make sure if you're just in here that you hit that thumbs up button. We get to 600, and we'll do Be the Booker at the end of the night. Otherwise, we ain't doing Be the Booker, and I'm going to bed. It's up to you guys. So Aaliyah was being interviewed by Sarah Schreiber backstage. When Bailey, Dakota, and EO showed up, Bailey said that Sky and Kai would win the tag team tournament and asked, where's your partner? You know, Raquel is is her partner in this tournament. They wanted to know, where's Raquel? I don't know, maybe she got stuck at the border like some other people did. But she was not on the show tonight. Aaliyah said it was none of her business. Bailey said that it was very stupid of Aaliyah to show up alone. But she wasn't alone. Because here comes Trish Stratus. And Trish shows up and she asks Bailey, hey, you know, uh, when are you going to be in action? You've been back now for a few weeks. We haven't seen Bailey back in the ring yet. When are you going to step in the ring and actually wrestle a match one-on-one? And Aaliyah challenged Bailey to face her in a match. Bailey accepted. As the heels were walking away, Adam Pierce could be seen showing uh, security members a piece of paper with someone's photo. We didn't see who it was. I would assume he was showing them a photo of Dexter Loomis to try to make sure he didn't get into the building. They failed. The worst security staff I've ever seen in my life. Corey Graves on commentary later on when Dexter showed up, by the way, was losing his mind. How does this man, he's not even signed to a contract anymore. He's not part of this company. He's not part of the talent roster. How many weeks in a row is this man going to successfully interfere in this television program? Do we not have any paid security here working these shows? He's right. Corey Graves was absolutely right. He was losing his freaking mind later on when uh, Dexter Loomis showed up. I wouldn't feel safe. If I was on Monday Night Raw, I wouldn't feel safe. Chad Gable and Otis, they were out next for an Alpha Academy Open Challenge. Chad Gable said that Alpha Academy has finally decided to accept new recruits. They are looking for new students. He said he was starting his search here in Canada, but he regretted it because He could only find toothless, washed-up former hockey players. He mocked the Toronto fans by saying their hockey team lost to a team from Tampa Bay. And he said they don't even have ice in Tampa Bay. I got news for you. Even Even their baseball team, they don't have fans either. When you look out into the stands, they don't have fans. He said their star player, Austin Matthews, is American, and he doesn't even have the talent to wash Otis's jockstrap. Otis had his, his beard back, by the way. He, he's grown the beard. He had gone clean-shaven. Now he's got the, uh, the evil beard back. So Gable called for the open challenge. Anybody who wants to come out and accept his challenge, come on down. 
We hear Kevin Owens theme music, and he comes out to a big baby face pop from the Canadian crowd, paying homage to their fellow Canuck. I love how Owens is back to wearing his old T-shirt. It's the same shirt he was wearing back, you know, his prize fighter days when he first came in. It, I said this on Twitter. It only took Triple H a few weeks to push the reset button on Kevin Owens and bring back the NXT Kevin Owens, bring back the prize fighter, bring back the the old shirt, the old Tron. If you look at the video when he comes out, comes out, he's he's killing people. A few weeks, we got the old Kevin Owens back. Triple H is working fast. Owens went for a pile driver on the apron early in the match. Gable countered with a backdrop on the apron, which they pointed out is the hardest part of the ring. I know that's something that you guys have probably never heard of before, but it is true. The ring apron is the hardest part of the ring, unless you count the ring post. But see, the ring post technically might not be part of the actual ring. Uh-huh, you see. So... It's all in the eye of the beholder. But I digress. So Gable gave Owens a release German suplex on the apron. They come back from break. Gable hit a series of Germans. Owens broke free, hit a German suplex of his own. He followed up with a cannonball in the corner. Owens hit a a great-looking frog splash, cleared half the ring. Only got a near fall. Gable avoided the pop-up powerbomb. Owens went for a stunner. Gable, though, countered with a high-angle German suplex. He folded Kevin Owens up. And look, Kevin Owens, he's, you know, look, he's he's a bigger guy. Uh, He landed, and all of that weight just, ah, down, right on the neck. It looked great. I'm sure it didn't feel too good, but it looked great. So Gable hit a top-rope diving headbutt a la Dynamite Kid, a la Benoit. That is one move I would not mind if they retired I, I just i cringe every time i see it gable went for a superplex owens reversed into an avalanche fisherman buster for a close near fall that looked great owens went up for a top rope senton gable got the knees up gable went for a moonsault owens rolled out of the way gable landed on his feet owens caught him with a super kick and hit a pop-up power bomb for the win Kevin Owens picks up the W here on this show tonight. After the match, Otis jumped Owens from behind. He fought back. Heels took over. Fans broke out. I'm sure you must have heard it. The fans broke into a chant of Sammy, Sammy. They wanted Sammy Zayn to come out and make the save. But Kevin Owens didn't need Sammy Zayn. He made his own comeback. He made his own comeback on the former tag champs. Hit a stunner on Otis, powerbomb Gable onto Otis, much to the delight of the crowd. This was a little bit shorter than the previous two matches. This one probably went about, uh, I don't know, maybe 12, 13 minutes, I think is what I clocked it at. But this was the best match of the show up to this point. This was even better than the first two matches. I mean, it was it was definitely better than the opening match, uh, but it was better than the the Ziggler and Balor match. Uh, So I thought this was great stuff. And a couple of things here before we go on. So I I talked in my SmackDown review, and again on the sound off this weekend, I raved about what we got on SmackDown Friday night involving Sami Zayn. The segment with Roman Reigns, I thought it was just fucking gold. 
I mean, just the chemistry between those two. I, I want to see 15 more backstage segments. I want more interactions between Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn before they pull the plug on this angle. I find this to be as entertaining as, as Rock and Sock, Austin and Angle from 01. It's just great stuff. But clearly, they are moving in the direction of something where Owens and Zayn are going to challenge the Usos for the tag team titles. It, it, it has to be. It has to be. It's right there for the taking. The fans are clamoring for it. They're cheering these two guys. Now, I understand they've been in Canada for the past week. They have been in Canada. You have two Canadians in Canada, so of course they're going to get these superstar reactions. Maybe everybody will go back to booing them next week when they're back in the States. But the fans, I think, are clamoring for this. They've been apart for long enough. It got to the point where even I was sick of Owens and Zayn together. They had to get away from each other. But now so much time has gone by. And I've been saying, you know, it's been five years since we've seen babyface Sami Zayn. you got to start moving in that direction. Owens and Zayn should be the ones to dethrone the Usos. The Usos have had those titles long enough. And there is no other team right now that is ready to topple them and take that spot as the number one team in this company. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have never been tag team champions in this company before. For all the times that we've seen them interact, for all the matches against each other, we've never seen them together as tag team champions. Now is the time to start building to that. And they're doing it. I have every reason to believe I have all the faith in Triple H. He sees it the same way. And that is what we are beginning to see. The seeds have been planted. Now we have to watch them grow. I don't know how long it's going to take. But I am very... Excited to see where the story goes. And this is my favorite storyline in the entire company right now. It's the stuff involving Zane and the bloodline, and now you work Owens in there. This is my favorite piece of creative in the entire company right now. WWE and NXT is this stuff here. Now, to go back to something that Chad Gable said in his promo before the match... He mentioned that the Alpha Academy are looking to recruit new students. They're, they're, they're opening applications for new students into the Academy. And I was thinking, you know, maybe they call somebody up. Maybe it's not somebody who's already on the roster. Maybe they call somebody up from NXT. If so, who could that be? They already have the whole Chase University thing with Andre Chase. I mean, that's he's doing his own thing. The first name I thought of and a name who I think absolutely could work in this spot, and he's another name who I never would have said before, oh, get him up on the main roster, he's going to do so well, because under Vince McMahon, he would have been dead. That would have been the end of him. But under Triple H, things are different now. And that person is Cameron Grimes. I think that if they were to add Cameron Grimes to the Alpha Academy, that would be one way to introduce him to the main roster. And I think he could absolutely make it work. You could absolutely make that work if you wanted to add him to the Alpha Academy and have him interacting on TV with Gable every week. Just use that as a way to get his foot in the door on Raw and just go from there. Grimes has done all he can do. I mean, I know he hasn't won the NXT Championship, but he feels like he has he has hit his ceiling, it feels like, in, in the NXT brand. And so it's only a matter of time before he gets called up to the main roster. This would be one way of doing that. As somebody mentioned to me, well, what about Gable Steveson? Wouldn't Gable Steveson make sense? He was supposed to be on Monday Night Raw. We still haven't seen him. He was drafted to Raw. He just hasn't debuted yet. 
You put Gable with Gable. Well, he beat up Gable at WrestleMania. Why would he want to be part of the Alpha Academy? That wouldn't make any sense. Unless Gable and Otis were actively trying to recruit him, to me, that just doesn't make any sense. And uh, it's not something that Steveson needs, but I think Cameron Grimes is just an idea, but I think he could definitely work. He could definitely work. And for people saying, well, it doesn't really fit what he's been doing in NXT, how often do is there any kind of continuity between that and the main roster? Now, maybe now things will be different under Triple H, but just because somebody was doing one thing in NXT does not mean they are going to be doing the exact same thing on the main roster. So again, I think that that could work. Aaliyah. I said that she was in action tonight, and she was. Aaliyah had a singles match, because she is from Toronto, which uh, I did not know. She's from Toronto. She comes out. She got a a mild pop from the crowd when they announced that she was from Toronto. She went one-on-one against Bailey. This was Bailey's first match in over a year. I don't think... I'm sure Aaliyah is a very nice girl. I'm sure she's a very nice lady. But I don't think that I have ever seen a babyface in their hometown get such an apathetic reaction as the one that Aaliyah got. Once the bell rang and the match started, these people didn't give a shit. It didn't matter. You could have said that she was fr- she, they called us. she's from Toronto. She could have been from your fucking living room. She could have been living with you. And I still don't think these people would have popped for her. Here comes the girl who lives in the basement. They wouldn't have reacted. Nobody cared. And she was trying. I mean, she was doing all kinds of... She did a bulldog at one point to Bailey out on the floor. She was obviously trying to, you know, impress the hometown crowd. And I'm sure she was very excited. In fact, they showed her crying. She was basically in tears at one point. Uh, before the match, I'm sure she was very emotional being, you know, back home. But boy, the, these, once the bell rang, these people did not care. Inside the ring, she applied a single leg crab to uh, Bailey, who broke it up by grabbing Aaliyah's hair. And uh, in the end, Aaliyah got uh, planted with the rose plant. Bailey hit the rose plant, she got the win. Yeah, maybe part of it also was that absolutely nobody, nobody expected Aaliyah to win the match because this was Bailey's first match in over a year. You think she's going to go in there and lose to Aaliyah? Have you watched these shows? Are you even a wrestling fan? Of course she wasn't going to lose. But uh, you can't put it all on that. These people just didn't care. Aaliyah is not a star in their eyes. She's not been established enough. A lot of people probably don't even know who she is. She's a SmackDown star. I'm not even sure why she was on Raw. Other than she was in Toronto. That's probably why they wanted her on the show. But she's not even a member of the Raw roster. So I wouldn't be shocked if half the crowd, Toronto or not, had no idea who this woman was. (laughs) That's also very possible. These, uh, these, These Toronto fans. We live in Toronto. Yay! Shut up! That's right. So, we had Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles taking on Tommaso Ciampa and The Miz. On their way out for the match, they showed Lashley and Styles walking through the backstage area. And as they were walking through the back, they passed by Adam Pearce and some security people who were surveying what appeared to be a fire that was just put out. I don't know exactly what was on fire, 
whatever it was, it was smoking and they were looking at it, trying to figure out exactly what the hell happened. And they just sort of, you know, moved on. It was never acknowledged. We've been seeing a lot of this in recent weeks. These weird, bizarre happenings that are not acknowledged, but they're there for us to see. It's part of a larger story that's playing itself out, probably with Dexter Loomis, but they don't acknowledge it. But I like it. I like it. It keeps you wondering, okay, what is this? Is this building to something? Maybe it's not Dexter. Maybe it's all Swerve. Maybe these things that are going on are going to build to some other debut or some other return that we're not even thinking of. Maybe Sasha Banks and Naomi are like, fuck it, we're going to try to set fire to the arena. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe it's Johnny Ace. He's trying to get back. He's trying to come back to the company. He's got nothing better to do. What's he going to do? Hang around the house? Who knows? So they went 13 minutes, which ended up being a waste, given the finish. Lashley set up for a spear, but Miz pulled Champa to safety outside. Lashley followed and clotheslined Miz when Bobby tried to get back into the ring. Champa caught him, and he hit the Willow's Bell for a near fall. Lashley avoided the fairy tale ending and speared Champa, but Miz broke up the pin. Styles took out Miz and hit him with a flying forearm on the floor. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Strowman. Who said that in the chat? Strowman? Strowman's trying to get back in the company? I thought he was busy controlling his narrative. Maybe he's the reason why Raquel couldn't get over the border. Who knows? But anyway, so AJ's out on the floor. So all of a sudden, a hooded man reaches over the barricade. He tries to grab Styles. Security swarms this guy. And you assume it's Dexter Loomis, right? Because that's his calling card over the last few weeks. That's how he has tried to attack. But this time, when the guy lifts his head, it is not Dexter Loomis. And I couldn't tell who it was. I didn't recognize who it was. I don't think it was supposed to be anybody. So let's let's put this to bed right now. For anybody wondering who was that from NXT, I didn't rec- you know recognize uh, who it was. I don't think it was meant to be anybody. I think it was just meant to be a swerve. He was a decoy to take all the attention away from Dexter Loomis, who showed up 30 seconds later. So I, I would not investigate too too closely. It probably was maybe like a local talent or something, just playing a part for one night. I don't think it's meant to be somebody that we're going to be seeing more of. So as they're carrying this guy off, I guess all of the security guards were busy with him. Meanwhile, Miz is resting up against the barricade. 
And a security person who is sitting right behind him stands up, turns around, and is standing right behind Miz. Miz has no idea. And this guy removes his face shield and his helmet to reveal Dexter Lewis. And he reaches over the barricade and he puts his arm around Miz's neck to kind of choke him. And he drags Miz over the barricade. He drags him back through one of the arena, you know, tunnels like the fans would go through. And they disappear, never to be seen again. Off they went. The bell rang to signal for, I assume, the disqualification. It could have been a no contest. But if the referee saw Miz being assaulted, then I would assume that it was a DQ and the winners were Miz and Champa. I don't recall if they ever made any official announcement, though. In the ring, Styles hit Champa with the phenomenal forearm and then Lashley hit the spear. So, with Loomis kidnapping Miz, he may be a babyface after all. It was looking like they were going to be starting an issue with Loomis and AJ Styles. And Loomis might be a heel. But if you think back, all the segments over the last few weeks where we have seen Dexter Loomis trying to get to somebody, trying to get involved, not only have they involved AJ Styles, but they have involved The Miz. So I guess tonight we found out that he wasn't going after AJ Styles. He was going after The Miz. And so he'll probably be a babyface. Why he's going after The Miz, we have no idea. We'll have to see what the explanation is going to be. For those who are familiar with Dexter Loomis, he doesn't speak. He is a mute. (laughs) Although he did say, what was it? I do, right? He did say the words I do when he got married to Indy Hartwell in NXT. So we know that he can speak. But generally, he does not speak. He does not speak. He... He's actually a very talented artist, so he'll he'll draw pictures, he'll give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down. I don't know that we're going to be hearing any explanation from Dexter Loomis anytime soon. But uh, anyway, so that was uh, that was tonight's wonderful adventure with Dexter Loomis, who may or may not be setting fires around these buildings and crashing cars and doing all of these weird things that are going on. We came back from commercial. And we hear the sounds of Rebel Heart. Oh, how I missed hearing that song. I missed hearing Rebel Heart on TV. Now put the song back on Spotify, you cowards. They took the fucking song off Spotify. Bring it back. Johnny Gargano. Back on Monday Night Raw. We have not seen Johnny Gargano in a very long time. We have not seen Johnny Gargano since December of last year. So it has been... About nine months, eight or nine months, we have not seen Johnny Gargano. He comes out and gets in the ring, and he got a he got a much louder reaction after he was already in the ring. I think part of it was shock. Part of it also is you probably have some people who don't know who he is. Or they know who he is, but they didn't really pay attention to NXT, and so to them, Johnny Gargano was not that big of a deal. But when he got in the ring, he got a great ovation from everybody. Everybody was cheering for him. They were chanting his name. They were very happy to see him. So Gargano gets into the ring. And there's a loud Johnny wrestling chant that broke out. Believe me, there were enough people who knew who Johnny Gargano was. Just based on how they were reacting to things he was saying here in this segment. Because you're going to hear from a lot of people. Who cares about Johnny Gargano? Nobody watched NXT, nobody cared, he's small, he's this, he's that. These are people who are either not familiar with his work, 
or are simply very close-minded individuals who don't understand that there are certain people in wrestling who are able to make a connection with the audience in ways that other wrestlers are not able to do so. And that was something that Johnny Gargano had the gift of in NXT. That's what made him such a great babyface. See, I thought that he was very entertaining as a heel with the way, but he is at his best when he is the underdog babyface. We got to see that in NXT. He was fantastic. He was Mr. NXT. There's a reason why they built that brand around him for so long. In the ring, I mean, there's no doubt in the ring what he can do. In the ring, he's fucking fantastic. I mean, you don't have to worry about him in the ring. But the way he could tell a story just based on his mannerisms and his facial expressions. He is a phenomenal babyface. And there is no doubt in my mind. He could be a Daniel Bryan-esque babyface on the main roster if given the opportunity, if he is booked correctly. He could be that type of babyface. Daniel Bryan was not six foot two, 230 pounds either. He got over pretty well. So the notion that a smaller guy, oh, you know, I've taken shits bigger than this guy, or I, I have, you know, my, my son is bigger than this guy, or the, the woman standing next to me is bigger than this guy. You know, you're going to hear a lot of comments like that, and it's like, haha, okay, you know, great. But the reality is, this guy could be a world champion in this company one day. And you can laugh, and you can mock, and you can scoff all you want to. Maybe he's not the kind of person that gets you overly excited. Maybe he's not the kind of person that you would put the championship on. But over a period of time, he will get over. And I believe that he has the ability to one day be at the level that Daniel Bryan eventually got himself to. That scrappy, underdog babyface who can be very entertaining, have a sense of humor. Kind of like, you know, you know, the guy next door. He is like you. He's like me. You can relate to him in some way because he's not big and jacked up and all that. We need people like that to balance out the Bobby Lashleys of the world and then the Corbins and all the bigger guys and the Omases and the Shanky, right? The fucking Shanky, where's he been? All these big guys, you need to have smaller guys who could go in the ring, but who also have the ability to make that kind of connection with the audience. So if, if you're wondering, what's the big deal about this guy? Look at him and he doesn't, he doesn't look like much. Give it time. And if you aren't familiar with his work from NXT, you will become familiar with his work very quickly. Not a doubt in my mind that the main roster fan base will take to him in time. They will take to him in a way that I'm sure Vince McMahon never would have. Triple H knows what Johnny Gargano brings to the table. That's why he brought him back. That's why he's on Monday Night Raw. Otherwise, he wouldn't waste his time. So I was very happy to see him back tonight. Never a doubt in my mind once Triple H took over that this is exactly where he was coming back. He was not going to go to AEW. Before Triple H took over, I believe there was a chance he was going to end up. A very good chance he would have ended up in AEW. He was very vocal that he he would love to get in the ring with Brian Danielson. They share a lot in common. Once Triple H took over, it was a no-brainer especially with AEW now and all the all the guys they have there and, and half of them barely get enough television time, this is the right place for him to be. He fits right in with Triple H's vision of what he wants this show to be. 
which judging from the last few weeks are a lot of longer wrestling matches on TV. I'm already seeing people, by the way, on Twitter complaining about, oh, the matches are too long. (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? Do you know how many times I heard from people saying, oh, what all the bullshit segments that Vince McMahon would put on TV and the two-minute matches and the 90-second matches? Oh, I can't stand this show. Look at the short matches. They don't mean anything. The bell rings. It's already over. Now, oh, the wrestling. There's too much wrestling on the wrestling show. You know what? I think that they're right. I think the fans don't know what the fuck they want. I really think the fans don't know what the fuck they want. Anyway. So Gargano says it's been nine months since he's been in a wrestling ring. He was joking about not being sure how to talk into the mic. Is this the right way? Is this how I do it? He said, for those who don't know him, he was kind of a big deal in NXT. He ran through his long list of accomplishments and noted that he won the NXT Tag Team titles in this very building, which that's correct. I had not realized that. This is back when it was still the Air Canada Center. This is going back about six years now. Classic. One of the the all-time classic NXT matches against the Revival when DIY won the Tag Team Championship. Gargano said that he wondered if he wanted to even continue to wrestle. And he talked about being at home and playing with his six-month-old. And he dubbed him Baby Wrestling, and that got chance of Baby Wrestling from the crowd. And Gargano said, you know, I remember dreaming big about one day becoming the Intercontinental Champion. One day becoming the United States Champion. One day becoming the WWE Champion. One day being in a match at WrestleMania. He said that he had to teach his son that even the biggest dreams can come true. And he remembered in his very last appearance on NXT, the night before Grayson Waller attacked him from behind, When he was giving that uh, speech, he remembers talking about, you'll never fail if you bet on yourself. He said, that's what he's doing now. He says, I stand here incredibly proud to say that Johnny Wrestling is back in WWE. And he said that they were just getting started. Austin Theory's music interrupted. And we go, it was not lost on me that we went from a segment involving Dexter Loomis to a segment involving Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory. Only thing missing were the ladies, Candice and Indy. You You got the band back together. Only the women were missing. Theory came to the ring with his Money in the Bank briefcase. The crowd started a Who's Your Daddy chant. So again, if you were wondering if this crowd was familiar with NXT storylines, that pretty much put that to to rest. Theory said that a lot has happened in nine months. He said he became the youngest United States champion. He competed at WrestleMania already, and he's well on his way to becoming the WWE Universal Champion uh, since he won Money in the Bank. He says, it's almost like all the things that you've dreamed of, I've already done them. And he told Gargano that, look, I wouldn't have been able to do any of this, though, without you. Without you, none of this would have been possible. Crowd gave Theory the what chant. He said it's like the it's like he's the veteran and Gargano is the rookie. The theory called for their old high five. He wanted to do the old high five from NXT and he teased doing it and of course you knew where this was going because Theory kept saying give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. And Gargano gave it to him. He gave it to him right in the chin. 
super kick right to the jaw. So I thought that this was uh, a great, you know, reaction, a great reception that he got here, even though I do wish they would have done it in Cleveland. I think it would have been a much bigger reaction there. Uh, But as I said before, as entertaining as he was in NXT as a heel, he is a natural babyface. That is the right role for him to be in. I'm glad that he's being reintroduced as a babyface. And the changeover from Vince McMahon to Triple H could not come at a better time for Johnny Gargano. It's almost like it was it was meant to be. It was fate. This guy is sitting out for months. He could have made his decision six months ago. He could have already been on Dynamite, or let's be honest, he would have been on Dark. He would have been wrestling. He could have already been on Rampage and Dark wrestling the Trustbusters. But now, I mean, he could have made his decision a long time ago, and he held out. I don't know if he knew something that we didn't, but he held out. And he held out just long enough where the entire wrestling world got flipped upside down. And now Johnny Gargano is in a prime spot on Monday Night Raw. I still maintain what I said weeks ago, which is that I want a DIY reunion on TV. I think it's the right thing to do with him and Champa at the moment. The two of them can still do single stuff. The two of them can eventually branch off and become singles, you know heel, babyface, whatever it may be. But we need a proper DIY run on the main roster. And and that also, at a time when they need tag teams, they're desperate for fresh new tag teams, good tag teams. You can't find a better tag team than Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. So how do you get there? Okay, you want DIY. Well then, all right, genius, how do you do it? Very simple. Very simple. It looks like Gargano is going to be maybe feuding or having a a quick program with Theory based on what they did here. Maybe this was just a way to reintroduce him, but it looks like they might be doing something with the two of them, and that's fine. But there's a program ready and waiting for Gargano and The Miz. You do a program with Gargano and The Miz, and at the end of it, Champa breaks away from Miz, who he never should have been put with from the start, and you reunite him and Gargano, and you get DIY back together. And you could do DIY and the Usos. You can do DIY with Owens and Zane. You could do DIY in the Alpha Academy. You could do it, it's a it's a new tag team in the division, but it's a team with experience, a team that could go, a team that could carry those titles, and a team that could also branch out, and you can get two single stars out of them, you know, later on. I want a DIY run on the main roster. I hope that is what we get. Our main event was Toronto's own, the rated R superstar, Edge. One-on-one with Damian Priest. Beth Phoenix was shown in the front row. She was cheering on her husband. No Finn Balor at ringside, no Rhea Ripley. Damian Priest said that he wanted to go it alone tonight. He was not going to have anybody out there to help him. Edge clotheslined Priest out of the ring and then powerbombed him back first onto the barricade by the timekeeper's area. He didn't powerbomb him into the barricade. He powerbombed him dead on the fucking top of the barricade. His back bent. He fell over, landed on his head. I winced because I I know he's had back problems before. Uh, Probably going back to WrestleMania last year. I remember there being reports about him having a bad back. This is around the time that Priest was was teaming with Bad Bunny. I mean, we're going back like a year and a half. 
So I don't know if he might, he might have a history of back problems, but I, I can't imagine that that felt too good. So they went to the picture and picture after that. Priest took control during the break. Edge went to the top rope. He dove onto Priest out on the floor right in front of the announce desk. Priest came back, though. He gave Edge a crucifix bomb through the announce table before cutting to the second picture-in-picture of the match. Later on, Edge was setting up for a sharpshooter, but Priest kicked him off, and Edge knocked referee Charles Robinson out of the ring. So Lil Nate took a ref bump out to the floor. Priest brought two chairs into the ring, and he was going for the concerto, but Edge avoided it. Edge tripped him up. He fell onto the chair. Edge broke the bottom bar off from the chair. We've seen him use this as a weapon before. He placed the bar in Priest's mouth, and he wrenched back on it with a crossface. Edge released the hold. He set up for a spear. Priest hit him with the bar, though. Whacked him right in the face with the bar. Charles Robinson slowly returned into the ring, made a slow count, but Edge kicked out. Priest went for a razor's edge. Edge avoided it. He hit an appropriately named Canadian Destroyer. Now, I've talked about how overused the Destroyer is, but you know what? If you're going to use a Canadian Destroyer, I cannot think of a better place to use it than in Canada. So this was a very appropriate Canadian Destroyer from Edge. I mean, how do you, how do you go to Canada and not use a Canadian Destroyer? Edge speared Priest after that, and he got the pin right at the 20-minute mark of what I thought was a very good main event. After the match, Edge was setting up for a concerto. He was not content to just beat the man and pin him. He wanted to assassinate this man. So he went outside. He got, got the two chairs, brought him back inside. Rhea Ripley, though, came into the ring, and she hit Edge with a low blow from behind. Gave this guy a low blow right in front of his wife. That's not going to go over too well. Finn Balor showed up. He hit the coup de grace. Priest went to go pick up one of the chairs. Beth Phoenix pulled the chair out of his hand. Or it might have been Balor's hand. But she pulled the chair out of his hand. Got into the ring. And she's swinging this thing around. She's smashing the mat. Like she's getting all pumped up and ready. And Balor and Priest are holding back Rhea Ripley. They're holding back their leader. Because she wants a piece of Beth Phoenix. And Beth Phoenix has a chair and says, bring it on. Bring it on, bitch. Let's go. And they're holding back Rhea. And eventually they think better of it. And the Judgment Day leaves the ring. So it's another big loss for the Judgment Day. But it's also a win for the hometown star. Right? We don't always see the hometown person go over and get the big win. And, uh, you know, make the crowd happy or keep the crowd happy. So... Yeah, that's one way to look at it. But what it does now is it sets up what I assume is going to be a mixed tag team match at Clash at the Castle. I have to assume it's going to be Edge and Beth Phoenix taking on Rhea Ripley. And it could be either one of them, but I assume Finn Balor. Ripley and Balor against Edge and Phoenix, I have to assume, is going to be the match. I will tell you that I would not mind if they were to do one-on-one Beth Phoenix and Rhea Ripley. I'd be okay with that. But my guess is we're going to get a tag team match at Clash at the Castle in Cardiff. And that closed out what I thought was a very uh, good, very entertaining episode of Raw. We got the surprise return of Johnny Gargano, which I don't think anybody was expecting it tonight. Uh, We had a very good main event with Edge and Priest. We had a very good match with Kevin Owens and Chad Gable. Ziggler and Balor also had a very good match. Uh, I wasn't much a fan of the opening women's uh, tournament match that they had. 
But we had, again, more good wrestling. We had more storyline developments, whatever the hell they're doing with Dexter Loomis and The Miz, right? He, he kidnapped him. So there were, there were a lot of things going on tonight. And Raw continues to trend in the right direction. It is, not, it is still not perfect. It is not perfect. It is an improvement over what it has been. It is able to keep me engaged. And it was, again, noticeable that the third hour tonight was the best, probably most eventful hour of the night. I thought it was hour three. Now, next week, Raw is in Pittsburgh. They've already announced that Pittsburgh's own Kurt Angle is going to be making a special appearance. Boy, they're going for, the, they're going for all the Hall of Famers in their hometowns. Where is Raw in two weeks? They're in Pittsburgh next Monday. Someone let me know. Where, where are they in two weeks? They might be overseas because they're going to be in Cardiff that weekend. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tell me where Raw is in two weeks, and we can try to guess who's going to be making a special appearance on that show. That seems to be the formula that uh, Triple H is going for. So Kurt Angle will be in Pittsburgh next week. And the finals of the women's tag team title tournament will be held. And there will be a face-off between Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle. Next Monday is the go-home show to Clash at the Castle. Let's take a look at the Twitter poll. These are not poll results that you would have seen for Monday Night Raw a month ago. Six weeks ago. Six months ago. So... Clearly, there are changes, positive changes that have been made and are still being made as far as Monday Night Raw is concerned. Is part of it Triple H is in a honeymoon period? People are glamorizing him a little too much? That could be part of it, but not to the tune of 86% thumbs up. So if you have your doubts about whether or not there have been positive changes made to the show, look no further. This is not just a honeymoon period. This is a show that is a lot more watchable and tolerable than it would have been six weeks ago. This is real. 86% thumbs up. 9% thumbs in the middle. Just 4% thumbs down. I can't believe that. 4% thumbs down from Monday Night Raw. Holy shit. So go vote. At Solomonster. I feel like I'm basically what we're watching. The more the more the Triple H brings some of these people back, it's like we're watching a rebooted main roster version of the Black and Gold. <laughs> With each passing week, that's really what it is. No wonder I've been liking it so much more. And I like that 86% too. 86 is the last year that the Mets won the World Series. Let's go through your super chats. I want to hear from you guys. This is where it gets fun. And uh, where are we on the likes? I don't know. We were we were aiming for at least 600 to do Be the Booker. I don't know where we are. If we if we beat 600, I want 700. Uh, let's see. Shinakuma, thank you for the five spot. I appreciate that. Joseph Brooks wants to know 
Who was WCW's best United States champion? And who was WWE's best United States champion? Uh, very interesting. I would say the best WCW or NWA, you know, either one of those. Uh, U.S. champion for me would be Lex Luger. I think Lex Luger was the best U.S. champion. I actually think Lex Luger has the most total combined days as the U.S. champion. I think he held the title like four, four or five times. But I think Luger was actually a very good U.S. champion. And as far as WWE, I mean, how do you not go with John Cena? I would say John Cena as far as WWE U.S. champions. Uh, Hyru with the two bucks. Johnny Wrestling is back. I am not crying right now. I wasn't crying, but I, I was I was happy to see. I wasn't I wasn't that emotional. I don't think there's anybody who, if they came back, I would cry. But I was very happy to see. Uh, Derek Murchison, what about Miz? Gargano came and we forgot. Because nobody cares about the Miz. He got abducted and nobody gives a shit. As soon as Johnny Gargano came out, it's like Miz who? Uh, Justin Jack, will you play the AEW game on Sound of Gamer? Yes. When the game comes out, we don't have a release date yet, but when the game comes out, I will play the game at least once. I will do a Sound of Gamer on the Fight Forever. Uh, Justin, with the 1999, can WWE please do away with the brand supremacy concept for Survivor Series this year? It is played out, and I just want it like Survivor Series 03 and 06 as examples. Does anybody agree? I'll pose that to the chat. Does anybody agree? I think brand versus brand could work in a war games format, but otherwise I would be fine junking the, the entire format. I agree. Uh, Bernard Frederick with the five spot. When they showed Beth Phoenix in the audience, you had to know she was going to be a part of the story. Of course, that's why they showed her. It just screamed angle alert as soon as the moment they showed her sitting in the front row and you knew Rhea Ripley was lurking in the shadows, you had to know that she was going to get involved. Uh, Rizzo with the $20 super chat. I had to laugh with Loomis being tackled by security the last couple of weeks, and tonight he's able to get out without any issues as he is kidnapping poor Miz. Also, is it too early to DM Maurice now? Well, you have to give her a sufficient amount of time to mourn. I'd say give her about a week. She'll be, she'll be uh, sitting Shiva for the next week, and then you can slide into her DMs. Uh, Rizzo, I myself will be sending an edible arrangement with a nice uh, nice card. Uh, Rizzo, thank you again for the 20 bucks. Uh, Bernard says, Bret Hart versus Kurt Angle. In their prime, who goes over? The sharpshooter or the ankle lock? I'm going to say whoever the booker wants to win. That is the person who is going to go over. If it's me, uh, boy, you know, if, if they would have wrestled in 2002, if Brett came back, if he didn't have the stroke and the concussion stuff, uh, I think Angle would have gone over in that match. I think Kurt would have won, but I think it would have, like he did when he wrestled uh, Michaels or WrestleMania 21. But I think that would have been just an incredible match. Uh, Cameron Spencer, has there ever been a match that was critically acclaimed that you didn't like? 
An example of that is Brian versus Lesnar. That match was trash to me. Yeah, yeah I, I don't agree with you at all. Um, critically acclaimed that I didn't like? Yeah, I'm sure there were. I, I can't think of what it, what it would be off the top of my head. Um, I'm trying to think in terms of like recent matches, but I don't know. I'm sure there must have been, though. I mean, it's such a subjective thing. I... I'll be reading The Observer sometimes. Melter, Melter will give a match, like, six stars. And I'm like, eh. Three and a half. Four. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with all of his uh, star ratings. I don't agree with uh, other people's opinions that they're necessarily raving about certain matches. Uh, but there's no glaring example that I can, I can think of. Actually, you know what? I will give you one. Somebody mentioned it in the chat, and it triggered my memory. Because I, I got a lot of blowback when I first said this in the podcast years ago. It's not that I thought it was a bad match. I don't think as highly of the first Iron Man match as a lot of people do. They hold it up in this high regard. Oh, it's like, oh my god, the Iron Man match. And I'm like, like Rock and Triple H to me was a much more exciting, better Iron Man match than Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels was. I would take that Iron Man match from Judgment Day over the WrestleMania one. Any day. So, maybe that's that's one example of what you're talking about. Uh, Chris Fang with the $7 Super Chat. Uh, I was at the Toronto show, and what a show. They were playing old music, most commercial breaks, so it took a half second to realize that Gargano returns. Love you, Solomon. Thank you, Chris. Iru, Gigi got injured carrying that dump truck. Oh my god. Oh, poor Gigi. Uh, I tapped Taz. What show will be better? All Out or Clash at the Castle? Uh, All Out. Samoan Fan 101, The Undertaker is Brock Lesnar's greatest rival. Yeah, there's a video up on the channel. It's a clip from the show on uh, Sunday. Uh, yesterday. So chime in and let me know what you guys think. Who do you think is Brock Lesnar's greatest rival? And who do you think is Roman Reigns' greatest rival? Are they each other's greatest rivals? Stirring up a lot of debate in the comments section. So I want to hear from you guys. Isaiah Duzan. It was so damn awesome hearing Rebel Heart again. I agree. Stephen Fees, KO and Sammy against DIY. Put it directly into my bloodstream. It does sound good, right? It does sound good. You got to admit. You got to admit. Uh, Dr. Dakota Scorpio, Toronto crowd were quiet because they still have nightmares of their hockey team choking and losing another game seven in the first round again. <laughs> oh, boy. Joshua Edwards looks like Solomonster is off the weed for tonight. I was never on the weed. I don't need no weed. Rizzo with the $10. Do you think with Triple H in power that Roddy may end up being okay after all? Uh, we were feeling bad for him for getting left behind. Or do you still not see him getting much of a shot? No, I think he's in a much better position now than he was a few months ago. He's another one who... 
unless he wants, he still wants to leave and he plans to leave. But my understanding is he's got a lot of time left on his contract. So I don't think he's going anywhere. And I do think that he uh, will absolutely have a chance to succeed if they do want to uh, put him on the main roster. I wouldn't have given him much of a shot at all before. Now I think he does have a chance. Uh, The Yatagaratsu with the $5 Super Chat. Any chance of Kurt Angle managing Alpha Academy and molding it into an actual stable? There's always a chance. I mean, Kurt has said he would love to manage Chad Gable. He he has said that before. And so we're going to see him on TV next week. Maybe they'll do a segment involving him in the Alpha Academy. I don't see him going back on the road full-time, though, and being a full-time manager. So for that reason, I, I don't think it's going to happen. But I think we could get a segment with him and, and uh, Gable next week on TV. Uh, Samoan fan, did you find Booker T and Goldust in O2 to be entertaining? Uh, yes. Yes, of course. Uh, King Bling Blah, will we ever get an NXT Royal Rumble winner within five years? Pretty much, you're going to get to a point where almost everybody on the main roster is from NXT. So, yes, if you mean that, will someone from NXT win the Royal Rumble, but not like a current, present NXT roster member? Of course, because more people are being called up from NXT. Could I see a Carmelo Hayes or a Braun Breaker one day winning the Royal Rumble once they get called up? Yes, I can. If you're asking me, will an NXT present-day star be in the Royal Rumble and win within the next five years? I don't think so. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Uh, he also wants to know: Are you convinced that Undertaker is done yet? And if not, why? Uh, yes, he, he is done. GCC305, hey Solomonster, great review. Question, any update from the question I asked you Friday about Bret Hart? Not sure if you remember. Here's five bucks. I don't remember what your question was. You, you got to remind me, uh, refresh my memory. I get a lot of questions. I'm sure if you emailed it to me, I'm sure I saw it. but uh, I don't remember what question specifically that was. Uh, Food Hive, I'm trying with Raw, but these unannounced commercial breaks suck worse than picture-in-picture. It is so damn polished, 3D graphics and generic music. I hate it, says Food Hive. The music is very generic. They They have a big theme music problem. Maybe Triple H can bring back Jim Johnston. I want Triple H to bring back Jim Johnston. That's what I think he should do. Dick the Cock Johnson, WWE gets Johnny Gargano while AEW gets the Good Brothers. There's levels to this that proves how much better AEW is. How much better AEW is for getting the Good Brothers? I know who's smoking the weed tonight. Food Hive. I don't understand how wrestling fans hate on the smaller guys like Adam Cole, Darby Allin, and Johnny Gargano. Where did Vanilla Midgets come from? I think Vanilla Midgets is... First time I ever heard somebody mention Vanilla Midgets was Kevin Nash. I mean, the the idea of guys, you know, kind of insulting the smaller wrestlers and 
I mean, that's not a that's not a concept that Kevin Nash invented, but the Vanilla Midget's insult, he's the first person I ever heard say that, so it was probably it was probably Nash, but um yeah, no, I mean, look, there there are some of the biggest stars in the history of wrestling were on the smaller side. So, you've got to have a mix of both. There are some guys who are very small and you know, it does look ridiculous when they're standing standing in the ring with somebody who's literally three times their size. There can be situations where even I can't suspend my disbelief and I'm just like, all right, this is ridiculous. Now, someone like Rey Mysterio was an exception because Rey is just, he's like a once in a generation talent and the way he would fly all over the place and everything, but not everybody is a Rey Mysterio. So there are exceptions, but yeah, I mean, some of the biggest names in wrestling are smaller guys, 5'9", 5'10". You know, I mean, you can't just outright dismiss them because of their size. If they can talk, if they're entertaining, if they can tell a good story, uh, if they make up for maybe what they're lacking in size in other ways, you know, the, 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 best, the best guys can make you forget. You can get, you know, wrapped up in their matches and in the story of their matches. That's how you can separate the good from the great ones. Johnny Gargano is one of the great ones. Uh, Boots, whose return do you connect with? Kenny or Gargano? I, you know, who do I connect with? I mean, what, is that, what does that really mean? Omega is a big name for Tony Khan to get back. Gargano? I mean, probably Gargano more so, I, I guess. But that's a funny word to use. Who do I connect with more? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what do, what do you mean by connect? If it if it's which one am I looking forward to more? Which one do I think is the bigger? I mean, the bigger one is Kenny Omega, but I don't know. I, I I'm very um very bullish now on Gargano's future on the main roster. Gargano also does not have the kind of mileage on his body that Omega does. Gargano is probably going to outlast Omega in the ring. He doesn't have the kind of wear and tear that Kenny does. And he's younger. I'm pretty sure he's younger. Uh, Dr. Dakota Scorpio, don't be like those fickle bipolar fans with the code SOLOMONSTER. Get Magic Spoon so you can stop being fickle on what you eat in the morning. Thank you, Dakota Scorpio. Plugging my sponsors for me. David Hart. I doubt it'll happen, but what do you think the odds are that Johnny ends up winning the briefcase off of Theory at the end of their feud? It's possible if he can, you know, talk him into it somehow, and they, you know, he puts the briefcase up. Gargano wins it. I could see that. Scott Woodford has been a channel member for 18 months. One of our Sound Off legends. By the way, planning another watch-along next week. So, uh, make sure you clear your schedule for next Wednesday. Probably uh, midday, maybe around lunchtime. 30th anniversary, if you can believe it, of the SummerSlam show at Wembley Stadium. We're going to be watching Bret Hart and the British Bulldog from SummerSlam 92. The match where Bret says at the beginning of the match, the Bulldog was so fucked up on... Whatever it was, crack cocaine or whatever it was, smoking crack all weekend. He looked at Brett and said, Brett, I'm fooked. I don't remember the match. 
I'm fooked. But they went on to have a classic anyway. Because that's what the greats do. The greats are still able to go out there, even with a guy who's all fucked up, and have a classic match. So that watch-along will be for channel members only. That's going to be probably next Wednesday. I'll, I'll keep you guys posted on that. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, we got EJ Slamp. Raw is in Kansas City in two weeks. If only Harley Race was still alive, because I would have loved to have seen him on Raw one last time. All right, so who who is from Kansas City then? Are there any other wrestlers from Kansas City who aren't dead who can make an appearance on Raw in two weeks who are from that area? Who else is from Kansas City? Thomas, it was great seeing Johnny Wrestling. Thank you for the two bucks. Joseph Brooks, just asking, but if you were booking Shawn Michaels against The Rock, who would you have go over? Me personally, I'm the biggest Rock fan, so I would say Rock. I would say Rock as well. Happy Corbin is from Kansas City. Well, fuck that. We get get enough of him on SmackDown. I don't want him on Raw. Keep, Keep him off Raw. Keep him off Raw. Bob Orton. People saying Bob Orton is from uh, Kansas City. Oh, Randy. Randy's from St. Louis. Well, Randy is not going to be there, so... Unfortunately. Ricky Edmond, top five horror icons, Rushmore. Jason. Michael. Ghostface. I mean, you probably put Freddy. I'm, again, I'm not a huge Nightmare on Elm Street guy, but probably Freddy and maybe Leatherface. Jason, Freddy, Michael, Leatherface, Ghostface. Probably works. Oh, uh, we got Ray. Oh, Ray Wright. What's going on, Ray? I'll see you this Sunday. Chick-fil-A on me. Oh, that's right. House of Glory. High intensity. Live on Fight TV, Terminal 5. I'm going to be there. Our biggest show of all time. We got a stacked card. I'm so looking forward to the show on Sunday. It's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. A lot of big names. Going to be on the show this Sunday. Aussie of Steel. Michael Myers versus... What's with all the horror questions? Michael Myers versus Jason Voorhees. Who wins? Well, Jason beat Freddy. Jason beat Freddy, I'm going to say. Well, Jason's hard to beat, man. I see. I, I, I'm i a Michael Myers guy, but I got to go with Jason. Jason is is just, not just because he's got my namesake, but Jason doesn't fuck around, man. I mean, Jason will fuck you up. He will fuck you up. I'm going to say Jason. I think Jason wins. Uh, King Bling Blah, Judgment Day against Rated RKO and Beth. Book it. Uh, Samoan Fan 101. 
Uh, you're going to be 40. Talked turning 30 in 2012. Somebody can do math. Have I studied Bandito's moves? I am I'm in the middle of doing all my research and all my homework this week. We got Naomichi Marafuji coming in against Eddie Kingston. I've got a lot of moves to study. I've got a lot of homework to do. I know a lot, but I don't know everything. You never know everything. That's see, that's the key. Don't ever assume that you know everything. You can always learn something new. I learn new things every day. That's part of the job. So, I, yeah, I, I will be I will be watching a lot of Bandito this week to get ready for Bandito against Loki. It was going to be Killer Cross against Loki, but you know how that goes. We have got Food Hive, Sound of Gamer, RSPW, give me what I want. I know. I know. I'm uh I'm behind on stuff. There's so much content. There's so much content in so little time. But hey, look at it like this. You got a lot to look forward to. <laughs> Once I finally get around to it, you got a lot to look forward to. Joshua Edwards, three to five NXT stars that you expect in the draft. I think um, Solo Sokoa, Carmelo Hayes. I figure at least one of the women will be in, in there. Uh, or maybe even one of the women's tag teams I could see uh, being in the draft. I, I, Sokoa, I'm pretty I'm pretty secure in saying solo Sokoa. Carmelo Hay, but look, I mean, they're all ready. I mean, Braun Breaker, you can call Braun Breaker up. The thing is, you don't want to call up all your big names, right? So, Sokoa, Cameron Grimes. Right, I could see Grayson Waller being called up. Uh, Tripod with the uh, $5 super chat. I would say the biggest horror icon for Solomonster and myself is 1999 John Rocker. Oh my god, I had forgotten that name. Johnny Jerkoff. wonder what he's up to these days. Uh, the Yatagaratsu. What about Chucky? The other one's targeted weaklings. He put a hit out on Rick Steiner. Hey, there's Tony Khan meeting Sasha Banks. How did he get so close to Sasha? He's supposed to be at least six feet away. That's why people were six feet away, because of people like Tony Khan, who do what he was doing there in that super chat. Now, Chucky, Chucky is a good choice. I forgot about Chucky. <laughs> I have to watch a bunch of CMLL this week, as if I don't have enough to watch. Oh, my goodness. Ricky Edmonds. Scream is a great franchise, but I would take Ghostface out of it because he is not one killer. Yeah, fair point. Let's see. It's my Mount Rushmore. I could put anybody on there. Nobody has killed more careers than Vince McMahon. I should put him on Mount Rushmore. He's one of the greatest killers of all. Fire Panda, thank you for the two bucks. Winter's Paw. What if Gargano sent Loomis to take the Miz away in order to save Champa from him and thus reunite DIY? 
I don't think that this uh, baby face Johnny Gargano, excuse me, I don't think this baby face Johnny Gargano would be doing that. Although that's a very clever pitch, but I don't, I don't think that's the case. And Paul Heyman, should WWE make Karrion Cross the ambassador for their TikTok? Aha! I have to salute you. That's, see, that's a good one. You've had a couple of weak ones in recent months. That's one of your better ones. That's one of your better ones. I take a bow. We all take a bow to Paul Heyman. Karrion Cross, the ambassador for TikTok. For WWE. That is why you pay me the big bucks. <laughs> Thank you, Paul Heyman. That was very clever. I, I will say that is a, a very clever response. So, you guys came through. And uh, where I, I think we are over 700, I believe now, if I'm not mistaken. We are... We are. We are well over 700 likes for uh, Be The Booker. So again, get those last Super Chats on in. I will read them here, answer them, or do my best before we leave. But while you uh, work on that, let's uh, let's go for it. Let's be the Booker. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time to be the Booker. And I should have set that goal higher. We uh, blew right past 600. You love to see it. You love to see. You know what else I love to see? I love to see some good matches booked on Be The Booker. We had a horrible night on Friday. I think we went 0 for 3 on Friday. So I am hoping that tonight is a rebound night. Ugh, what a, what a, what an awful night it was on Friday for Be The Booker. Can't possibly be any worse. I think we had Bret Hart against the gobbledygooker. Surely we can do better. We begin with the animal, Batista. That's Batista. See, I could tell that's WrestleMania 35. His his physique has shrunk in this uh, image. So we got Batista, who may well be headlining next year's Hall of Fame class. Let's see who he's going to be stepping into the ring with. What what kind of main event can we book here with Batista? Batista. Going to go one-on-one with Nick Khan. The co-CEO of WWE. The boss. The man. The, the bigger con in wrestling. We have multiple cons. This is one of them. Batista and Nick Khan, not exactly the WrestleMania main event that I was hoping for. Let's try the uh, women. We begin with Becky Lynch, the man, former Raw and SmackDown women's champion. One of the few women to actually headline a WrestleMania. See who Becky Lynch is going to be. See, I think that that's the key. I gotta, re- I gotta hit the button quick. See, I let it linger and it goes and it goes and it goes. I just gotta, I gotta strike. Becky Lynch, one on one with Io Shirai. 
Call her EO Shirai. Call her EO Sky. It don't matter. Becky Lynch and EO, that is a thumbs up match. That is a match that gets the bell. I like that match. And it's a match that when Becky comes back in a few months, we will very likely see on television. So I like it. I think I just booked a future match on TV. Let's go for the tag teams and see what we can do here. We have got Tyson Kidd and Cesaro. That team was over long before it should have been. It's it's unfortunate. We know why, but they were a damn good team. They were a very good team. Tyson Kidd and Cesaro, former tag team champions. They're going to be uh, stepping into the ring with... The British Bulldogs. How appropriate. We had Natty and Tyson in one image. And we got the British Bulldogs in the other. Keeping it in the family. Or in the dungeon. I guess they wouldn't be related by blood, but... As a matter of fact, I believe it was Natty's father and the Bulldog who were hanging out. Doing, uh... Crack or, or whatever... Whatever the hell it was before Bulldog went over to Wembley for SummerSlam. That's why he was all fooked. He was hanging out with the Anvil all week. Well, we went uh, two for three tonight. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good batting average right there. A nice rebound for Be the Booker. I like it. Good job. Good job. Good job. I'm clapping for myself. I mean, what the fuck? But we did much better tonight than we did on Friday. That much is for sure. Uh, Hooker T. (laughs) Hooker T. Hooker T. Buy or sell. Hogan versus Omas or Kali versus Goldberg. I like to see Hogan and Omas where Hogan just picks up Omas and then just collapses under the weight. And Hogan just turns, he just turns into a, like a pile of ash. I'll go with Hogan and Omas. Derek with the two bucks. What is the match card for Hog on Sunday? Uh, it's a big one. We have got Eddie Kingston coming back to take on Naomichi Marafuji, who has been a uh, legend in Japan for many years. I got to see him in person for the first time at a Ring of Honor show, probably. 15 years ago or 13, 14 years ago, something like that, when he wrestled. Oh, my goodness. Who did he who did he wrestle? Was it Nigel? See, I, I don't remember now if it was Nigel and Marafuji or if it was Nigel and Goshiyazaki. I think it was. It might have been McGinnis and, and Marafuji, but uh, that's, that's one of the big matches on Sunday. We've got Brody King and Jacob Fatu. The finals of the House of Glory World Championship Tournament. We have not had a world champion in three years. We are going to crown a new champion. Brody King is going to be there because the House of Black is coming to House of Glory on Sunday. So Brody King challenges Jacob Fatu. Buddy Matthews will be in action. Malachi Black is one-on-one with the Amazing Red. I was looking forward to that match when it was first announced in December and then Red got injured. So now we're finally going to get it after all these months. It's very interesting because you have the Amazing Red, Cousins with Zelina Vega, Malachi Black married to Zelina Vega. So her allegiance is kind of being pulled in both directions. It's kind of like 
it's it's kind of like Brett's uh, sister Diana at SummerSlam at Wembley Stadium. She was sitting in the crowd and she didn't know who to cheer for. Does she cheer for her brother or does she cheer for her husband? Maybe Zelina Vega will be at the show. She won't be on camera, but who knows? Maybe she'll pop up. At, she'll pop up at the building on Sunday and she'll be torn. She won't know who to cheer for. So that's one of the big matches on Sunday. The Briscoes are defending their tag titles, House of Glory tag titles, in an open challenge. Uh, Joey Janela is on the show wrestling Charles Mason for our Crown Jewel Championship. Uh, I'm trying to think of... Uh, we, got, we got a bunch of other matches, too. I know Casey Navarro is defending his Suicidal Six-Way Championship. We've got a Battle Royal on the show. Might be a surprise on the show that even I'm not fully aware of yet. So, I mean, there's a lot of cool shit coming up on Sunday. Low-Key and Bandito is the... Uh, latest match added to the card. Loki and Bandito is going to be off the fucking chain. I, I can't wait for that one. So, Anyway, HOGWrestling.net. There's still tickets, or you can watch live on Fight TV at 7 o'clock on Sunday. I will be there. British Soundboard Pranks. Uh, do you think Bianca Belair will still be championed by WrestleMania 39? Seems like we have not scratched the surface yet in terms of opponents for her. We really haven't. I mean, we we were going to get Rhea Ripley and Bianca, and Rhea got hurt. So we still have that program yet to come. Uh, Bailey is back. You've got Bailey. You've got Dakota. You've got Io. You've got three fresh opponents right there. And once the draft comes, which is probably happening next month, it's going to shake up you know both rosters. There could be people on the other show now who end up on Raw, or maybe Bianca ends up on SmackDown, and she's got a whole you know, a whole bunch of new opponents to step into the ring with. So do I think she'll still be champion by WrestleMania next year? I am going to say... I'm going to... You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say... And this depends on what happens with the draft, as far as the titles go, but I'm going to say yes. I think she can go to WrestleMania and then maybe loses it at WrestleMania. Cameron Spencer, is it weird that I put ice in my cereal? Yes. I mean, why would you put ice in your cereal? That's very weird. I don't know how to react to that. I've never heard of anybody doing that before. I I put ice cubes in soup when I was a kid. I've done that, but ice in my cereal. Strange bunch here. Uh, Hooker T says, be the, be the hooker. Thank you, Hooker T. One of the better uh, super chat names that we have. Uh, Joshua Edwards, what do you, or who do you prefer? Who do you prefer, Edge or Orton? Food Hive is Master P still the owner? Make him say, uh. I, I don't know. I'm not going to make him say anything. Uh, Ricky Edmond with the $20 super chat drop. I hope Halloween ends does not have dumb people doing dumb things like Halloween Kills did. When Michael was surrounded by the riot people that wanted to kill him at the end, I find it funny that none of them went for the head. 
Yes, because they're all a bunch of dumbasses. And I said, I said, I turned to my brother when I saw that scene. I said, they all deserve to die. Every single one of them deserved to die because they were too stupid to live. So if you're going to be, if you're going to be dumb like that, you know what? You get what you deserve. You get no sympathy out of me. I was rooting for Michael. I'm not sure if I was supposed to be rooting for him, but I was rooting for Michael there at the end of that movie. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What is a typical day in public relations? Well, it depends. It depends how many clients you have, how busy are you. You have one client, you're not going to be as busy as if you have five or six. But it's a lot of um, checking the news. It's a lot of pitching, phone pitching, email pitching, trying to come up with story ideas, interviewing people to try to get information to put together the story pitches. It could be crisis communications. You might have to write a bunch of press releases. You might have to do event planning. You might have to call around to vendors. If you're doing a grand opening for a client, you might have to call and look for balloons. You might have to look for the giant scissors for the ribbon cutting. I've done that. I've carried those giant scissors through a shopping mall. I've been that guy. There's a lot of different things involved in public relations. It all depends. Do you run your own firm? Do you work for a boutique agency? Do you work for a company that has their own in-house PR department? You know, I'm sure Walmart has their own PR team. Or do you work for an agency where you get to work with a whole bunch of different clients? I've worked with a whole bunch of different clients. I've worked with nonprofits. I've worked with consumer products, financial institutions, food companies, clothing companies, sports teams. I find it's more interesting to have that mix. But I also find myself doing less and less of it because this is my... This has become my full-time job, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, Food Hive says, how dare you say that about ice in cereal when you put ketchup on well-done steak? (laughs) Both are disgusting. Hey, some Heinz ketchup on a well-done, well-charred piece of steak is not to be mocked unless you've tried it before. I'm always amazed by the number of people who take take what I say seriously about this stuff. Uh, hey, Fawaz. Fawaz chiming in. Just renewed his uh, channel membership, channel member for two months. Our boy Fawaz, who has represented the sound off in ways that many people have not. When WWE goes over to Saudi Arabia, they're over there in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. I'm watching... Crown Jewel, I'm watching, you know, whatever whatever show it might be, and there's, boom, there's a sound-off sign. Right behind Roman Reigns. It's fantastic. I love it. Fawaz, always representing the, 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 the sound. I don't know what I was going to say there. Uh, Darth Panic, did Jeff Jarrett get fired, or did he resign? Well, we don't know until Jeff Jarrett talks about it on his podcast, I guess. I just find it funny that they fired... They fired Double J, and they hired in his place the real Double J. 
Jeff Jarrett is fired or leaves, Road Dog takes his spot. The same Road Dog who was on Busted Open Radio not, not three weeks ago, literally begging for a job. And no, he was not laughing when he said it. He said, I cannot understand why AEW won't hire me. I could help them. I see things on their show that I want to help them with. I don't know why they won't hire me. I don't know why they won't talk to me. Triple H now brought him back into the family. So he no longer has to beg for a job. So that's good. That's good for the road dog. He no longer has to beg for a bone. Triple H bought him a doggy treat. He's going to be okay. And Jeff Jarrett will be okay too. Because Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett always, he, he fails up. He always lands on his feet. He's like a cat. He's like a cat. If your cat walked around with a guitar smashing people over the head, that's what it would be. It would be like Jeff Jarrett. He always manages to land on his feet. Uh, we've got Joshua Edwards. How about some ketchup on a hot yeah, on a hot dog? Don't don't get me started. Don't get me started. EJ Slamp is working in PR similar to being a company's director of communications. I've always wanted to be a sports information director at a school. Uh, it, it is very similar. It is very similar. It's actually funny. I got a job listing, which, hey, heads up for anybody who's in the field looking for a job. I got a job listing, um, a posting. The uh, The NFL is looking for a new... I think the title is Director of Communications for the National Football League. <laughs> and they sent me the posting, and it was tempting, but I, I passed on it. So I don't know if they've already filled the position or not, but I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, Tripod says, I hope you had a good weekend. Well, thank you, Tripod. I hope you had a good weekend as well. I, I did have a good weekend. I was celebrating a uh, friend's birthday. This was a uh, a milestone birthday for this friend, and so I had to... Uh, Make a long drive, but I got to see some people I haven't seen in a while, which was nice. Although what wasn't so nice is that it was in one of these places where it's it's like one of these kind of remote areas where you got these long winding roads. It looks like you're up in the country somewhere. There's no there's no lights, so at night it's fucking pitch black. It's scary. Like I I can never. You never live in a place like that. I need lights. I need to see where I'm going. So that got a little that got a little dicey there, but it's all good. I survived. <laughs> PR for the Jets. I don't want that job. Uh Food Hive, cat that lands on its feet. Never drew a dime. <laughs> he wrecked 16 litter boxes. Never drew a dime. Son of a bitch. I've been to a lot of milestone birthday gatherings this year. I'm all birthdayed out. I'm all birthdayed out. There's a lot of things coming up in September, though. It's going to be good. Uh, Chris, yes, we did be the booker a little while ago. We're going we're gonna to wrap up here in a second. Uh, we've got Samoan fan. What happened to Mansoor? I don't know. What happened to Mansoor? I think he, um, I heard he fell into a, like a, like a manhole or something. He was walking down the street. He fell into a manhole and they never found the body. And 
all of a sudden there's this guy walking around calling himself Mansois, who kind of looks like him. And I don't know. I think Mansour is dead, but now we have Mansois. We have Massé and Mansois on SmackDown. You can thank Vince McMahon for that. Where we got Uffman has a birthday next month. Frost has a birthday next month. A lot of September babies I see in the chat. You like that? Mansois. So stupid. <laughs> so dumb. Mansour, exactly. That's what I said. He fell he fell in a manhole. He is now Mansour. I'm gonna call him Mansour from now on. Thomas, ketchup on pancakes. Alright, you guys are getting you guys are getting too weird for me now. Ice in cereal, ketchup on pancakes. <sighs> Where does it end? Soon, soon you're going to be saying that you use mayonnaise in your in your uh, pasta, fucking mayonnaise on your big ziti. That that's where I just I just end the stream at that point. Like y- you and I can't be friends if I start hearing stuff like that. Tyler the Ghost, I was at the show tonight, and Edge cut a promo after hinting at retiring next year in Canada. So Edge is already thinking of stepping away again, huh? You know, when he came back, he must have signed a contract in late 2019. This would be three years. Next year would be four years. I wonder how long that contract was for. It was probably three three or five years. If it was three years, it would be up right around this time. So apparently he's uh, considering retiring next year. You know how wrestling retirements go, though. I, I wouldn't put too much stock in that uh, just yet. Uh, Darth Panic, any new developments with the Vince scandal? Uh, we don't yet know the uh, final results of the investigation. Uh, publicly, there's been nothing new, but they have not officially closed the investigation. They said that they are approaching the end of it. I don't know if they're going to present some kind of public report when it's over. I'm, I'm hoping they do. I would love to know the results of that investigation. I think they should. I think they should report the results publicly, but we we just don't know yet. Uh, Samoan fan says, mustard in chocolate milk. Yeah. Uh, We've got Ricky Edmund with the $10 super chat. Even Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter in Halloween Kills was stupid, and she did not stab him in the head when she could have. There was no purpose of her going to his house, to his room, <laughs> to stare at the window. As I said, when you do stupid things, you win stupid prizes. They do make these people very, very stupid in these movies. You are you are not wrong. No raids on Vince's home? No, no raids. The FBI has not raided his home yet. There's still time, but uh, no, there has been no Vince McMahon raid. Uh, before we head out of here, again, this this is a raw poll that uh, we have not seen maybe ever. Uh, definitely go vote in this. I want to hear from you guys at Solomonster on Twitter. Almost 90% of you have given this show tonight a thumbs up. It was a very good episode of Raw. If you are tuning in and you did not see Raw and you're wondering if you should watch it or not, I would say yes. Uh, I would say it is worth uh, going out of your way to check out the show. There was some really good wrestling on the show. We had the Johnny Gargano return tonight. Uh, we had the angle at the end involving Edge and Beth and the Judgment Day. 
So there was some good stuff on this show for sure. And uh, hopefully this can become the norm. Results like that. You know, poll results like that is what Dynamite was getting. Uh, Dynamite doesn't even get numbers like that on most weeks now. But there was a point in time where Dynamite was getting numbers like that in those polls. And now it's funny to see how things have changed a little bit. And now Raw and even SmackDown are getting numbers like this. And uh, the AEW, the, the, the Dynamite numbers are still good, but they're not that good. And the Rampage numbers are still over 50%. It's not a bad show, but Rampage is just not a, it's just not an important show. I'm actually not sure if I'll even be reviewing Rampage this week. I'm not sure yet if it'll be a SmackDown-only review or not. I'll let you guys know. Uh, but I will be back with you on Wednesday night. Wednesday's going to be a big night. Even if you're not a big AEW guy, you should come back here anyway on Wednesday night because they are giving away CM Punk and John Moxley championship unification on Dynamite this Wednesday. The biggest possible match. What was supposed to be and what might still be the all-out main event, they're giving it away for free on live television this Wednesday. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what kind of finish we're going to get. I don't know if we'll see MJF. But it's going to be a big show, which means it's going to be a big review. I'm looking forward to seeing all of you back here on Wednesday night. And, of course, next Monday night, we're going to finish off this month the way that we started it, reviewing Monday Night Raw live on YouTube. So uh, I expect you guys to be back here. Rizzo. With the 10 spot, looks like you're going to get the last word, brother. I wonder if Vince... Well, actually, no, you're not. Uh, I wonder if Vince stepping down halted production of Real Sports piece on him since... uh, Or the Wall Street Journal making another piece. Yeah, I was wondering about that because they were working on a story on Vince. Now, I haven't heard that it's been shelved, but I wonder the same thing. I wonder if him uh, stepping down basically killed the piece. I'm not sure. I have not heard one way or the other whether or not that piece is still going to air. But uh, I know they were looking to interview ex-female WWE wrestlers. Maybe they couldn't find any willing to go on the record. Uh, GRUS512, is Nick Khan versus Tony Khan a winner for Be the Booker? I, I would say yes. I would say, and actually, it's now that you mentioned that, I don't know if Tony Khan is in there. No, he is in there. I'm sorry. He is in there. Tony Khan, Tony Khan is in Be the Booker. So if I ever landed on Nick Khan against Tony Khan, I would give that the bell. I would not give that the buzzer. But it, it, has, it has yet to happen. Oh, look who it is. Look who it is. It's the man who broke me. The man who broke me and created an all-time sound-off moment on Friday. Because I legitimately did not realize what his name was until I started reading it. I had to read it three times, and when it hit me, I lost my shit. I smoke a lot of weed with the 499 Super Chat. Hey, Solomonster. Been watching since I was 13. Now I'm 24. Just had my newborn. Benjamin is his name, and it's my second time super chatting. Thank you. You ha- you probably have the best first super chat that I've ever gotten. So it was a memorable one, and I want to give a shout out to Benjamin. He is now part of the I smoke a lot of weed family. 
So shout out to Benjamin Weed. That's very cool. Listening to the sound off since 13, now he's 24. Well, hopefully uh, many more years. Hopefully he'll stick around for many more years. But I smoke it. Thank you very much. Honest to God, when I first started reading the name the other night, before I realized what the name was, I thought it was like his like Starbucks order or something. I'm like, I smoke a latte. I'm like, (laughs) then it hit me. And I just, I don't know. I just lost it. I just, I just fucking lost it. Broken Solomon monster. That's exactly what it was. He broke me. He broke me. It took me six minutes to fix myself. I definitely uh, pulled that clip. In case I ever do a highlight reel of clips, that one is in the archives. I'm sure you'll see it again at some point. All right, I'm going to get out of here. Thank you for all of the uh, Super Chat love. You guys keep this channel healthy. You guys keep this channel going. You guys uh, keep me in business here on YouTube, and I thank you for it. And I thank you for all the likes. Make sure you hit that like button if you haven't on the way out. Oh, we got a couple more. I can't go anywhere. We got a couple more. We got Ricky Edmond with the $10 Super Chat. So if Stone Cold stayed in WWE in 2002, Brock Lesnar would have beaten him. So Brock Lesnar in his rookie year would have beaten the four biggest superstars in 2002. Yeah. That's how, that's how much they pushed this guy to the moon. If Austin would have done the job for him in that King of the Ring qualifier, he would have beaten Stone Cold, The Rock, Undertaker, Hulk Hogan, and he also beat Ric Flair, I thought, in a TV match. So he would have beaten Hogan, Flair, Austin, Rock, Undertaker. Think about that. Think about that for a second. That is unbelievable. Not only in his rookie year, but in the span of probably like five or six months. Hogan, Austin, Flair, Rock, Undertaker. That is almost inconceivable to me. That's amazing. Darth Panic. Russo versus Cornette. Who wins? Cornette. Cornette. Cornette's going to have a, either a tennis racket or a baseball bat in his hand. And uh, anybody who saw the Walking Dead episode where Negan takes Lucille to poor uh, Glenn and Abraham, that's what Cornette would do to Russo. (laughs) There's not a doubt in my mind. So I will go with Cornette. Not even even a a doubt in my mind. All right, thank you guys. Have yourselves a a good night. Thanks for hanging out with me. And uh, I will see you back here live on Wednesday night for the Dynamite stream. Until then, take care, guys. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
a laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.